Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I'm going to speak about healing the heart, the mysteries of the heart. It's an instruction from God to heal the bride's heart before he comes. How many of you know that he's coming very soon? And if our hearts are not right, the bride will be a messed up bride coming to the bridegroom. And that's not what he wants. He wants his bride to be healed. Amen. So say this with me. My heart will be healed today. Now, as an introduction, let me start off by saying we've been in ministry in this ministry, this church here. We've started 15 years ago. And this year we've celebrated 15 years. We have been in ministry for 20 years, um, been traveling uh, outside of the church for many years before we started the church. So through the years, we've seen a lot of things happen. Through the years, we've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, a lot of things happening. I truly believe that men of God, people that are in ministry, men and women of God that are in ministry, must be healed in their hearts every day. They go through the most difficult times in their lives. You know, betrayals, people leaving you, people saying things about you. I think one of the most difficult jobs in the world is to be a pastor because you're dealing with all these things constantly that you have to deal with. And I had to deal with things in my heart that have crept in in my wife's heart and we had to deal with these things. And I, we can honestly say that the past seven months have been very difficult months for us. Difficult months in our personal lives, difficult months in the church, difficult months in our spiritual life. We had to fight battles every day. It wasn't easy. So this message that I'm preaching to you was delivered to us and it was at the right time, at the right place, at the right moment. And I want to give it to you because I believe that as from today, I am bringing healing to this church as your shepherd and things are going to lift today from your life. Amen. So I want you to really to receive this. And this is a ministry of healing, this church. You see, when you go through the process, we do inner healing and deliverance. One of the criteria to be a member of the church is that you must do inner healing and deliverance. So for those of you who don't know how the vision in process works, if you are interested in becoming a member of this church, this Tuesday night you'll come to church at, I think it's 6.30 or something, uh, and you'll be, you'll be introduced to the church. And then you start going into a process where we make you a disciple. But one of the, 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 the uh, process manuals or curriculums is inner healing and deliverance. Because you come from different places, different backgrounds, different lifestyles, and we get hurt in our lives and we never get healed. We get saved, but we never healed. Amen? And then we see people get delivered... Demons go out, but their hearts are still messed up. And so we need to understand what God wants to do in this end time is to heal your heart. So say this with me. God's going to heal my heart. So demonology, so I'll lay this introduction quickly. Demonology is the casting out of demons. So if a person has a demon in him, 
demonology is to cast out the demon. Spiritual warfare is not casting out of demons. Spiritual warfare is when we go into the second realm, second heaven, and we deal with territorial spirits. So when we cast out demons from people, that's not a spiritual warfare. That is demonology, casting out of demons. When we do warfare, we go to the second realm, second dimension. So God wants to bring healing to people. And there is a process that needs to take place in the healing of the heart. And it's not a quick process. It's a long process. It sometimes takes a year, sometimes a couple of months. Sometimes it is supernatural and it happens quick. But there is a process. And hurt people are the most vulnerable people to betray you later on in life. A hurtful leader will betray me. A hurtful son that hasn't dealt with his hurt and his disappointments and his bitterness and his rejection will betray me. Many sons have betrayed me. I was thinking this morning of how I had to deal with the hurts and the disappointments of sons that left me. Armor bearers, sons, everybody told me the same thing. We'll be there forever. We'll give our lives for you. And you never, they're just gone. Sons that betrays you. I give my life. I'm there. I put my trust in them. My faith in them. And then I get betrayed. I get hurt. And, and I go through the pains and the trials and the hurt of people betraying you. And I had to deal with these things in my heart. Because those hurts and those pains causes me to start distrusting people. And start moving away from the love of God for them. And I've seen this. Many people come to church anointed. They are gifted. They are powerful. But the hearts are wounded. If I'm not going to get the hearts right, Sons will leave, daughters will leave, you will leave, you will betray your family, your, your, your own business, your, not your own business, the company you work for, your church. You'll just walk away because the heart has never been dealt with. And I'm going to do heart surgery this morning with everybody in this place. Amen. So the heart is who you are. It's the true self. It's that person, if I take away the title of dad of businessman, of husband, of CEO, of doctor, professor. Let's take all those things away. Who are you? All by yourself. The heart reveals who you are. Because with our hearts, we serve the Lord. With our hearts, we believe. With our hearts, we serve. With our hearts, we worship. With our hearts, we give. Everything comes from the heart. I serve the Lord with my heart. And so, when Jesus was anointed in Luke chapter 4, you can go and turn there with me to verse number 18, Luke chapter 4 verse 18. The Bible says this, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now look at this, Jesus speaking, because He has anointed me. Now look at the criteria, the function for the anointing. Two things quickly. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. First, first reason why you're anointed to preach the gospel. The second one is to heal the broken hearts. Yeah. 
once you are born again, you have to go for inner healing and deliverance. Because that's the second criteria of Jesus' mantle. I'm going to get you born again. I'm going to preach the gospel to you. Get you born again. But the second thing, I'm going to get your heart to turn away from being a sinner to a born again believer. But now I'm going to have to heal your heart. And sometimes the problem in the church worldwide is people get saved, but they're not getting healed. Not getting rid of the stuff that's holding them. And so I want to speak to you about the mysteries of the heart. A mystery is something that we don't understand. It is a hidden, a hidden thing. It's a secret. So let's speak about the mysteries of the heart. What is the condition of the heart? What is the condition of your heart? If you see a rebellious person, it's because his heart is rebellious. If you see a person who's disobedient, it's because you see a person whose heart is disobedient. Everything comes down to the heart. The heart is the functioning mechanism, organism that functions your life, that controls your life. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7, the Bible says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance of a man, the physical stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as a man sees. Right? We look and say, oh, that guy drives that. He lives there. He dresses there. He's got so much money. He looks so, he's that. And we judge people based upon how they look. And we think that's who they are. God says, I don't look at the suits. I don't look at the car. I don't look at the house. I don't look at all that stuff. I'm looking at one thing. I'm looking at the heart. And look at that. He says, because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Many people serve the Lord, but it's only lip service. But their hearts are far away from God. And so we need to have a heart transplant today in our hearts. And God wants to heal you today. And then God's going to transform you in the name of Jesus. God wants to pay your debts. I'm telling you today. Every debt you have, He wants to pay it. He wants to supply supernaturally to you. He wants to bring favor to your life. But He's first going to get your heart healed, get all the envy out, get all the hurts out. And then when you have money, money will not control you. The Spirit of God will still have His way in your heart. Amen. Now let me give you the functions of the heart. I want you to write down. What is the functions of the heart? What is this mysteries of the heart? The first thing about the heart is this. It regulates the flow of life. Your heart, my heart, regulates the flow of life. It regulates a service. Let me speak to you about myself quickly. In this service, right this very moment, my heart can regulate this meeting. Okay? So if you don't draw from me, the valve can just... Do you understand? That's how it works. If somebody draws, they want more. They want more of the wisdom, more of the anointing, more of the power, more of the glory. Like the woman of the issue of blood, she prays through, she placed the demand. The flow starts getting bigger. Is that right? 
Have you ever been in a, in a place? You don't even have to be in a service. You can just sit in a conversation and you can look at that person and, 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 and you start speaking and they sit like this. They go on their phone, they're on Facebook. What do you do? You start closing the valve of communication. It's the same with the anointing. It works exactly the same way. If, if the people don't receive, the valve closes. The heart closes. It regulates the flow of the service. It regulates the flow of the meeting. It regulates the flow of the anointing. We have to draw from what the Spirit of God is saying. It comes from the heart. The second thing about the heart is this. Let me read you Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 23. To back this, he says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows or spring the issues of life. It flows from my heart. Sometimes I will sit in, in, in a restaurant and just with people, and then I will just start speaking, and, and I'll find myself an hour later still speaking about the things of God or things that excite me because... They draw from the flow that's upon me. Yeah. And sometimes I'll sit around there and they will say nothing. And I will just eat and say, great, how was the rugby? How was your weekend? How's your children? And let's walk out of here. There was no flow. Nothing. No drawing of anything. And so that's how the anointing as well works. It draws from your heart. Second thing about the function of the heart, the intentions and the motives are tested in the heart. Your heart reveals the intentions and the motives of your life. I want to be in ministry. What is the motive? What is the motive of being in ministry? Some people just want to be in ministry because they have a special parking or they can sit in front or they're called pastors or whatever. What is the intentions? What is the motive? If you give a million rand, what is the motive towards giving that? What is the intention? What is the motive of your heart? Why do you want to be an armor bearer? Why do you want to be in the band? Why do you want to be seen? Do you want to be, be this guy that's recognized? Because the heart will reveal the motives and the intentions of a person. Number three, it will develop intimacy. You cannot force people to do things. We cannot force people to do things. The moment you force people, it's a forceful thing. You will do that. You're going to do that. That's a forceful thing. But when it comes from the heart, it's a beautiful thing. I have never, I don't ever, excuse me, I don't ever have to tell a person to do something if his heart's in it. If his heart's in it, I never have to tell him, Listen, can you please be early at church? Can you please work a little bit later? Can you please do the conference? Can you please just work on Sunday? Can you please sing Sunday? I don't have to do anything because their hearts are in it. I don't have to SMS you to tell you it's service on Sunday. Your heart should be in the house of the Lord. Wherever you serve, wherever church, whatever church you go to, your heart should be there. I'm going to the house of the Lord. My heart's there. I'm going to serve in the house of the Lord. If David said this, he says, if there's one thing I will do, even if I'm an usher, but I just want to be in the house of the Lord. To see the beauty of the Lord. Number four, it's a gatekeeper. 
It's a gatekeeper. What comes in and what comes out determines the flow of your heart. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37. It says this. Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Okay? So let me help you here. You cannot serve the Lord if your heart is painful. If your heart is hurtful this morning. It's impossible to serve the Lord. I'm telling you today. I'm standing here as a living testimony. The past seven months, like I told you, were difficult months for us. Pressure from all sides. Financial pressure. Ministry pressure. Marital pressure. Children pressure. Staff pressure. Demands placed upon us for ministry. Everything was just so much pressure. Let me tell you this. In this whole uh, turmoil of people leaving and hurt and disappointments and stuff, my heart was so hurt at one point that I didn't want to pray. I said to my wife, I'm, I can't pray. I said to the Lord, I said, please have grace upon me because I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like that. I know what you're going through. Those of you say, I want to stay at home because you feel like that. Because your heart is hurt. Once your heart gets healed, it's easy to love the Lord with all my heart. It's easy to serve the Lord with all my heart. But when my heart is painful and, and there's hurt in my heart, it's very difficult to love the Lord with all my heart. The heart is everything. If you've been disappointed with, with people, it's very difficult to trust people again. It's very difficult to, to come into that place where you're just free to worship and free to love people because the area that you are hurt in is the area where your intimacy is broken. You can't love people if your heart is not healed. Anywhere... In your life, where intimacy is broken, or, or let me rather say this, any, anywhere in your life where there's pain, intimacy will be broken. So in your relationship with your wife and husband, if there is pain towards one another, there will not be intimacy. Is that right? If there's pain in your heart against church, you will have an issue with church. If you have a pain against pastors and leaders that disappointed you, years back, now, doesn't matter, you will always struggle to have intimacy with me. There are sons in this church that has my, my cell number, my personal number, and yet they don't speak to me. Why? Because they have pain and hurts in their hearts with their fathers, with previous churches, and they struggle to have an intimate relationship with me. If you have a problem or pain or hurt in your, in your heart worth giving, you gave and the Lord never supplied back, and pain came, disappointment came, you will have in that area of pain a struggle to give. 
Any area in your life that you have pain, you're going to have a struggle to have intimacy. Some of you came from different churches to this church. And maybe you got hurt in the previous church. Now you're here and we are a family. And you will struggle to get in. And you're always going to feel out. And it's not this fault. It's just the pain and the hurt that came with. Now you struggle to have intimacy and relationship in that area. Any place in your life where there's pain and hurt, there will be a broken relationship or broken intimacy. Number six. Or where are we? Five. I actually touched on it now. Any relationship is birthed from the heart with love. And that's what I was sharing now with you. Number six, with the heart we believe God. We believe with our hearts. We worship with our hearts. Amen? Amen. We give with our hearts. I, I personally don't like, like it when, when, I, when I see people manipulate tithes and offerings. When we did money matters here for 10 minutes... My people know, you come here, you don't manipulate people. You don't motivate people to give. We, that's not how it should be. You must come, you must come with your heart of giving. Just because Pastor Andrew did a great work on the tithes and offering, now I'm going to increase my giving by 100 rand because you did a great job. And we motivate people to give and we want to get people to give. That shouldn't be the motivation of this thing. When we speak about tithes and offerings, it's to bring you revelation about giving and for you to understand giving and also to grow financially. But it's never the motive to get money. My heart, nobody has to tell me to give because my heart is already in my giving. Amen. With my heart, I give. When they do praise and worship you, whether you like Nadine, whether you like Nasli, whether you like Brandon... Listen, whether you like them or not, I'm not going to worship because Nadine is leading the brains in worship this morning. She doesn't even know you don't like her. <laughs> she doesn't care if you don't like her. You understand? Because we don't worship for her. I worship Him. There's no perfect people in this church. And so whether you like them or not, I worship Him with my heart. I, I worship Him with my mind. I worship Him with everything. So nobody has to tell me to give because my heart's in it. Nobody has to tell me to worship because my heart's in my worship. Whether I like the song or not, I worship Him. I find something to worship God. I come into His courts with thanksgiving and praise. Why would you wake up in the morning on a cold Sunday, get dressed, drive to church, find... Struggle to find parking, get in the building, and don't want to worship. That doesn't make sense to me. You've done all that effort. You might as well just worship him. Praise. Number seven. Heart. Your heart is where your identity is. In Proverbs chapter 23 and verse number seven, he says, As a man thinks, so is he. Your identity is in your heart. Insecure people are insecure in their hearts. 
So as a man thinks, so easy. That's your identity. If you believe in your heart, nobody likes me, then that is just how it's going to be. People are going to treat you like that. If you are insecure, you always hide in the back. I don't want to disturb you, Pastor. I'm so sorry I live. I'm so sorry that I have your cell number. I'm so sorry I'm a son. I'm so, I know you're always busy, blah, blah, blah. Insecure in your heart. You need to walk around and say, I'm the highly favored son in the house. I'm the highly favored daughter in the house. I'm an apostle that's going to shake the nation. I'm a businessman that's going to make billions. Believe that. Come on, shout. I'm going to believe it. Tell the person next to you, tell them what you believe. Tell them what you believe. I'm a businessman. I'm a successful businessman. I'm a great husband. I'm a, come on. You're a great wife. You're a great father. You're a great mother. You're a successful preacher. Come on, we're going to believe it. I believe in my heart. All things are possible for God. You know why they're small churches? Because they believe. God has called me for 30 people. They believe that. I deal with them. I say, why, why, why are you stuck on 50 people? No, God just is what he entrusted to me. That's how he thinks. You need to start changing your mentality. Start walking around and say, I'm going to have a mega church. I'm going to have mega leaders. I'm going to have great cells. I'm going to be the fastest growing area in the church. I'm going to be a successful businessman. As a man thinks, as you think, that's your identity. Shout, I'm a man of God. Come on, woman, say, I'm a woman of God. Say, I am successful. I'm highly favored. Everywhere I go, I have favor. People are coming to my life. I shall lack nothing. I believe all things are possible. Come on in the gallery, here in the auditorium. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. Now, if you have been hurt and you've been hurt and, and, and you've gone through abuse and pain and heartaches and stuff, your identity will be shattered. And you will start thinking like that. So if you were abused as a child, you'll grow up thinking, I'm an abused person. And you'll start speaking like a victim. Don't think time heals Oh, time heals everything, right? First of all, time can't heal. Otherwise, I could lay my watch on you and you'll be healed. If time heals, then why are you 50 years old and still struggle with abuse when you were a child? Only the Holy Ghost. Only Jesus. And the cross heals people. A time, Jesus. Shout Jesus. Jesus. Now, I only want the piano. Okay. Now, the Bible speaks about a few hearts. It speaks about a stony heart.
speaks about an offended heart. It speaks about a surrendered heart. It speaks about a broken heart. A heart after God. A heart, an unbelieving heart. It's a lot of aspects that the Bible speaks about the heart. And let me take you to point number eight. What is the functions of the heart? It's the place where the presence of God rests. The presence of God rests in your heart. That's why you must have peace in your heart. The presence of God rests in my heart. I'm a carrier of the presence. How do I carry it? In my heart. My heart cannot be full of turmoil and anger and, and stuff because then the presence of God lifts, moves. And the assignment is to heal everyone's heart today so that your heart can be restored to the heart of the Father. Not one person in this building and watching online have ever or can ever go through life without having painful experiences. We all go through painful experiences. Is that correct, family? But when we surrender our hearts, the pain can turn into healing. A broken heart has pain. It grieves. It's hurt. And it doesn't allow people to come close to them. When a person is hurt, they start leaking the presence of God. I can sit in a service and I can hear a pastor speak from the platform. And I can hear, although he preaches the word of God eloquently, beautifully, I can hear hurt and pain in the voice. Man of God needs healing, I'm telling you. And here is the thing. We are experts. Christians are experts in covering their pain. How are you doing? Well, thank you. God is good. Are you sure you're okay? Everything is fine. By the grace of God, I'm fine. We are experts in covering our pain. We are experts in controlling our pain. The presence of God will come and you'll see people, the tears will come and then they will control. <clears throat> Go to the bathroom. Walk out, do things, quickly go on the phone because we are experts in controlling and covering and instead of allowing God just to heal. Listen man, if you go through stuff just just admit it. Just tell, hey, I'm, I'm struggling, man. Because we are experts in covering up. And because we are covering up and our hearts are not healed, sickness comes. Migraines come. Bone diseases come. Like back bones, knee bones. All those bones problems come because of people's hearts that are not healed. Because the condition of your heart is the condition of your body. 
Dr. Colbert said the following. He says, people have had who he diagnosed with cancer. He says, most of them was not physical. Cancer that just came. It was the condition of the heart. It was pain. It was a traumatic experience. At a child, childhood or through their lives. Traumatic experiences that came. Pain, hurt that came. And all of a sudden, it activated stuff in the body. The condition of your heart is the condition of your body. And that's why Ephesians, when you pray for people, let them first forgive people. What's wrong? I've got pain, migraines, back problems. Let them forgive. And then the healing will come quickly. Anger is a problem in the heart. And when we are not healed, listen, when we are not healed, hear me today, you're coming into agreement with demonic influences. And now I'm taking you somewhere. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 2 says this. In which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince and the power of the air. The spirit who now works, underline that word works, in the sons of disobedience. That word works means the following. Write this down if you're taking notes. It means to energize, to magnify, and to activate the pain that's already there. So when a demon sees pain and hurt, the Bible says that spirit gets energized. It magnifies the problem and it activates demonic activities. It works. It's getting energy. Now let me just help you here. My heart, your heart, if it's true and I worship Him, it attracts the presence of God, right? If you have a painful heart or pain or hurt in your heart, you attract demons. Just like the Holy Spirit is attracted to a heart that is surrendered, a heart that is given over to God, The same way demons are attracted to painful experiences, to hurtful hearts, to traumatic experiences. And then you say, say, but I'm a Christian. Why does all these things happen? Because the heart can't get the business on the go. Because the heart, the issues of life, business, marriage, church flows from the heart. If your heart is not right, it's hurtful, painful, all these things, it will attract demonic powers to your life. That's why the problem is we get people delivered and then the demons come back seven times stronger. Why do they come back? Because the heart has never been healed. Because demons are attracted to a hurt. They, they only come for hurt. When I place a sacrifice on the altar, God is attracted to that. Demons are attracted to your pain, to your hurt, to your rejection, to your bitterness. Put on that photo for me. These are the things, the entry points 
the demons come and they want to see where they can get a place in your life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, give no place to the devil. So these things that you see here on the screen, these are the things that attract demonic influences. You can take a photo of that if you want. It attracts demons, rejection, pain. And it's like, I'm going to get this business deal signed, man. Just before you sign, somebody else takes it. Just before you, you can put it back on for them, please. Just before you get a breakthrough, something happens. And you say, I want to... What, what's happening? I'm going to bind the devil. Yeah, the devil is already, you've given him access. Sorrows, offenses, abuse, bitterness, bitter judgments, inner vows, all these things. Now let me help you as we're going to come in for a close. Hurt people hurt people. Your attitude, you can write this down if you want. Your attitude is a projection of your heart. Hey, that guy's got a bad attitude. His heart is bad. A bad attitude, I'm going to help you with this, is a demonstration that you, that your heart is not redeemed yet. A bad attitude is an unredeemed demonstration of your heart. And there are three ways you can see if people have hurt in their lives. Number one, they blame or they deny, excuse me, they deny everything. No, I'm not hurt. No, I'm not, I'm not like this. I'm not hurt. I'm not disappointed. The second thing they do is they blame. It's my husband's fault. It's my wife's fault. It's the church's fault. It's the pastor's fault. It's this one's fault. It's that one. They blame, 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 blame. And the third thing is they accuse. The three characteristics of a person who's hurt. They deny. They blame. And then they go into the thing of accusing people. They never take responsibility. I want to say this morning to everyone in this building, take responsibility for your life. Yeah, it's the devil. No, take responsibility. I am hurt. I'm disappointed. I, I'm offended. My wife and myself, we went to, to Apostle Maldonado this week, last week. And this is, we had a two day, two day, two days of inner healing and deliverance and mom this is what we did mom said to, to, to dad she said to him I take responsibility of everything that I've done wrong in this church of hurting all the people disappointing all the people accusations blaming denying everything I take full responsibility now help me but if she went and I went and say no we don't have problems I mean, I'm Apostle Nikki van Avestes and I'm a modern day hero of faith. I've got a church of thousands of people. We're reaching millions of people on television. I've got no problem. 
And we had to go and say, Dad, we take responsibility. We are hurt. I'm offended. I'm bitter. I'm angry. And this cannot carry on like this anymore. I, we are at breaking point. You need to help our hearts. And for two days, we went through inner healing and deliverance. Because I don't want to live like this. You don't want to live like this. The church doesn't want to live like this. We need to be healed in our hearts. Because I don't want to attract demons. I want to attract the presence of God. I want to feel the presence of God. I want to feel the anointing of God. I want to lift the holy hands in the presence of God again. And so this is what happens. Is that you take responsibility for your pain. I didn't blame anyone. I didn't deny. I didn't accuse. I just took responsibility. As a man and as a woman of God. Because that's how you get healed. So what is the entry points for demons? Let me give you number one. Habitual sin. Every one of us sin in this place. Everyone. But there's a difference between we sinning and then having habitual sins. You understand? Number two is through painful experiences. Painful experiences. So painful experiences causes demons to come. What is a painful experience? It's, it's like rejection, abuse, um, hurt, dishonor. Maybe you've been mistreated. Something could have taken place in the womb that you don't even know about. Maybe you feel devalued. When people can't manage their pain, they become bitter. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 15. He says this, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, Lest anyone, or lest any root of bitterness springing up cause, up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Now let me speak to you about bitterness quickly. Bitterness is a stronghold in the heart. And bitterness is a poison that continually kills you. Bitterness changes your conduct. All of a sudden, it's like, I don't know myself. Why am I like this? Because bitterness has come in your heart. Changes your whole conduct. Bitterness, the Bible just shared, showed us that, can let you fall short of the grace of God. You will have no grace. It will make you fall short of the grace. Bitterness, it's a demonic thing. Now, I said this, if you can put the heart on again, uh, Nicole. There is a bitter vow, a bitter judgment. A bitter judgment is something like this. Listen, what's a bitter judgment? I will never be like my father. 
just judged him. Guess what? You become like the one you judge. Never be like him. Because you judge him, you become like him. I judged my father. I, f- I fell in exactly the same thing. I'll never be like my mom. All of a sudden you start acting like. Doing the same things because a bitter judgment came. Then, I'm closing with this, inner vows. An inner vow is something like this. I will never trust a man again because I've been disappointed with a man. I'll never trust a woman again because my wife did this. I'll never trust the pastor again. I will never do that again. I'll never get involved again. An inner vow took place. And this inner vow is very dangerous because you curse yourself. And number four, now I'm going to pray for you. Death wishes. Death wishes that that takes place. Isaiah chapter 28 verse number 15. Isaiah 28, verse number 15, please. Because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol. We are in agreement. What is a death wish? In a vow, bitter judgment is when you make an agreement with death. A vow with Sheol. An agreement with death. What is a bitter or what is a death wish? It's something like this. The pain is so deep that you feel you cannot handle it anymore and you will say stuff like this. It's better for me to die. I'm ready to go to be with Jesus. I can die any moment. I'm okay. I can't handle this pain anymore. And you feel like giving up, like dying. And guess what? Once you've said that, thought about it, made it in a vow, you have made an agreement with death. And the death angel is now in agreement with you. You must repent. How do you see if somebody has made an agreement with death? How do you see that? It's very easy. And I can see some of you here. You know how you see when a person has made an agreement with death, with Sheol? Their emotions are dead. Some people never cry. Just can't cry. Because the emotions is dead. They've made an inner vow, a death wish, and now they are in agreement with Sheol, with death. I can see it upon my people sometimes. No emotions. The presence of God will come. No emotions. Sit in the church. No emotions. Zero. Good people. Gracious people. They're going to go to heaven. But because death have an agreement with them, their emotions have shut down. 
We're going to break that thing today in the name of Jesus. How many of you are feeling that God's going to do something for you today? You must repent. Let me close with this. Put on that heart for me, Nicole, uh, with all the names. All those things, listen, psychologists will tell you the following. They have a split personality. Or they have bipolar. That's what the secular world will tell you. This is the true definition. That person wakes up every morning with a different thing. They have to deal with in their hearts. So this morning you woke up and it's like, I've got sorrow in my heart. And you think it's bipolar? No, the heart is sorrowful. Tomorrow morning he has to deal with the hurt in his heart. And the next day he has to deal with inner vows. And the next day he has to deal with unforgiveness. And you think he's all over? No, the heart is dealing with all these things the whole time. Say, my heart's going to be healed today. Come on, say, my heart's going to be healed today. And the absence of a father can cause a lot of these things to take place. The absence of a father can cause a lot of these pains in your heart. This planet is full of orphans, family. But I've got good news for you today, and I'm going to pray. Isaiah 53. And verse number three and verse number four. You're gonna serve God freely today. Come on. You're gonna be you're gonna be secure in his love in his love and in his mercy. Isaiah 53 and verse number three and four says, He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we, he did, and we did not esteem Him. Surely He has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Family, I want to tell you there is another heart that's going to come into your heart and that's the heart where the cross of Jesus Christ is going to be planted and all the hurt is going to be taken away and you're going to have a brand new life in Jesus' name. Stand with me this morning. Now, how you did you? How do you get healed? There's a couple of things, and I'll share that with you when I come back. But right now, the presence of God wants to heal you. Can you just pray in the Holy Ghost? Pray in, in your language, whatever you're comfortable with, and say, "God, heal my heart, touch my heart." Stop controlling the pain. Stop controlling the pain. Allow the Holy Spirit to heal you. Stop holding it back. His presence wants to heal you. Come on, the bride is getting ready. The bride is getting ready for the coming of her bridegroom. Come on. We are your bride, Father. We are 
are the bride of Christ, heal our hearts of all the pain, of all the rejection, of all the hurts. Come on. If you've gone through hurt, rejection, you've gone through pain, and you feel that you need a touch of God, wherever you are, lift your hands. Just lift your hands. The presence of God is healing you right now. I want the Ephesians and the deacons of the church go and see where the presence of God is, is resting on people where they what those people that need healing and go and minister to them please come on look for those that need a touch of God heal their hearts this morning Heal their hearts from pain, from hurt, from rejection, from sorrows, from grief, from inner vows. Sobra maseke to sotalabase premende. Lebra mandala mandala bosse bramandolo bosse bremende lebe kende lebe satalamandoya. Spirit of the living God, touch them. Heal them this morning, Lord. What you've done for us, do it for them. I want everyone to say this prayer with me, please. Just close your eyes and say this with me. Say, My Father, my God. Put your hand on your heart and say it. Say, My Father, my God. I come before your presence. I come before your presence. I recognize, I recognize that there is pain, that there is pain, unforgiveness, unforgiveness traumas, traumas, abandonment, abandonment rejection, rejection. Insecurities, insecurities, fears, fears in, me. in me. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I want to hear you. I want to take say. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. I recognize. I recognize there are areas. There are areas in my life. In my life where I need healing. Where I need healing in my heart. In my heart. I take responsibility. I take responsibility for my pain. For my pain. For covering the pain. For covering the pain. For controlling the pain. For controlling the pain. Right now. Right now. I repent. I repent. I repent. I repent. And I take responsibility. I take responsibility of any pain. Of any pain. I forgive. I forgive all those who have hurt me. Who have hurt me. With all my heart. With all my heart. I forgive them. I forgive them. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I repent. I repent. In the name. In the name of Jesus. For giving place. Place. To demons, demons through pain, through pain and hurt, and hurt. Offenses, offenses 
this wishes in a house. I believe in the name of Jesus that I can surrender all these things to the cross. I surrender Jesus. You took my pain. You bore my sickness. You took my rejection. Right now, Lord, I surrender. I surrender every traumatic experience every traumatic experience every rejection every rejection every betrayal every betrayal in Jesus name in Jesus name say this i break i break every rejection every rejection every pain every pain every hurt every hurt in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus i break i break every covenant every covenant with death with death with hell with hell with demons I uproot bitterness unforgiveness in a vows every curse I break it in Jesus name now Lord Jesus put your hand into my heart heal my heart say I'm healed I am healed I'll just allow the Holy Ghost to heal Heal them Lord In Jesus name God's presence will heal you As you cry out to the cross Stop controlling the pain Stop controlling your feelings Surrender to Him Surrender to your Lord. On the cross, He did everything for you. Jesus. Heal your people, God. Heal your bride. As your father and as your apostle, I want to break every soul tie over your life. Break every covenant of death you've made with demons and hurt and pain. I want you to close your eyes. I don't want anybody to pray. Nobody will pray now. You're not going to pray in, in the spirit. You are not going to pray in Afrikaans, English, Zulu. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want you to exhale, breathe out. It's an act of faith that you're breathing out all that demonic influences. Some of you will feel like a knot on your stomach. And you will feel it at certain places. I will, I will say, for instance, I break the spirit of pain. And you will feel that or you'll cough or vomit or whatever those are all signs that the demons are leaving you alright you just keep on breathing out just breathing out as I as I start with this apostolic prayer Father in the name of Jesus right now I take absolute authority over this whole place authority over every spiritual realm I take authority of every heart, of every mind. In the name of Jesus, 
I bind every spirit that torments your people. I bind the spirit of death. Come out. Bind the spirit of pain. Coming through childhood, adolescence, through traumatic experiences, divorce, the loss of people. And pain has come and hurt has come through churches and leaders and pastors. I bind you in Jesus' name. I bind every spirit of bitterness. Come out. Every spirit of trauma, I bind you. Every spirit of rejection, of offense, of bitterness, of bitter judgments, I bind you in the name of Jesus. I bind and break every soul tie that was made with Sihol. Inner vows that said, I will never do this. But the judgment that says, I'll never be like that one. And they've made a covenant with hell. I break it. Take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Father God, in the name of the Lord. I declare that your people are now free. Free to serve the Lord. Free to have communion with God. Free to worship. Free to give. Free to love each other. Free to be joyful again. I command them now to be healed and to be free in the name of Jesus. Now be healed in Jesus name and I pray that your presence will come and heal every marriage and heal every relationship and heal every person in the name of Jesus let your presence come Holy Ghost let your presence now descend in this place Sharabogo Setaya now I want you to pray. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.